Hey everybody, and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's podcast where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking about the presidential transition with Associate Professor of Political Science Terry Sullivan, who is currently in Texas serving as the Executive Director of the White House Transition Project. The presidential inauguration is just a couple days away, and then the United States will officially have a new president. And ever since the election ended in November, we've been hearing a lot about the transition process and how the president-elect will set up their administration. Over at the White House Transition Project, where you're the executive director, you focus on helping prepare the incoming president and their administration for the task ahead of them. So let's talk about this transition. And let's start with this simple question of, what exactly do we mean by the presidential transition? Fundamentally, what we mean is at noon, the entire executive branch that makes policy walks out of the building and is no longer authorized to make policy for the United States. And a whole bunch of people who are standing at the gates come in and take over. It's a little like going to the state fair and standing in line at the carousel. And uh, the carousel comes to a stop and everybody gets off and then everybody gets on, and they start it up again. How complex is the process of getting ready for this transition? I mean, it's not as simple as just handing the keys of the White House over to the new president. It's immensely complex because the government of the United States is immensely complex. So it involves just, say, for example, on the national security side, it involves a regular set of drills and what are called tabletop exercises which are run starting in August, to practice one of 15 scenarios that the national defense infrastructure has developed that involves some kind of attack on the United States or some kind of incident in Washington in the middle of the inauguration. And there are five or six of these run during the transition period. And they are to get people familiar with the resources available to the executive branch in a crisis and to get a little practice at working with each other and seeing how the national security infrastructure works and how the communication system works and where is the president's bunker and simple things like that all the way up to how do you uh, prepare the secret service for a decision to evacuate the capital And how does that go about? And what's the protocol for who makes that decision? And all that kind of stuff. And on the domestic side, it involves large groups of people. Obama had about 600 who, during the transition period, go into the various agencies in the executive branch and sit down with people who are doing the government's business and talk about the issues that are before them and find out information and get prepared for what the right kind of people are to take over these positions in government so that we can start standing up the American government after the inauguration. One of the things that we do, uh, the White House Transition Project, is identify and then track about 125 appointments in the executive branch which make up all of the major policymaking positions in government. So that when those positions are filled, the American executive that makes policy has stood up and we are ready to do business. And since the end of the post-World War II, 
not a single president has been able to stand up the government in the first year of the administration. The most that anybody has managed to do, which was President Obama, was get something on the order of 65% of those positions confirmed and filled by the end of the first year in office. So it sounds like the goal of this transition process is to make sure that the president has everything set and in order before they take that oath of office so they can really hit the ground running immediately. Is there more to the process than that? That's part of it. Because most of what we do happens long before the election. We're mainly interested in getting these organizations that back the various candidates to get a glimmer of understanding about what's ahead of them so that they aren't swamped by the tidal wave that's coming if they, in fact, are lucky enough to get elected. What we don't want to see and what nobody in the country wants is to see the president bumble his way through the first year because not enough planning was done ahead of time and people weren't familiar with their jobs. Reality is that no one walks into a White House fully prepared, and I don't mean just the president, I mean all the staff around him. No one walks into a White House fully prepared. And our job is to minimize that unpreparedness as much as is humanly possible. And even then, they're never fully ready to take on the government's responsibility. That sounds like a pretty daunting task right there. Daunting is too small a word. Just, just as an example, one that we almost always use in our first meetings with these transition groups when we start talking to them while they're still in the campaign process, the governor of the state of Texas, which is the second largest state in the union, the 23rd largest economy in the world, appoints about four or 500 people. And to facilitate those appointments, they maintain a, a human resources database of about 15,000 resumes. And it takes them about four years to put together those 15,000 resumes that they refer to when they go to replace somebody in the executive branch in Texas. And that's what Governor Bush was prepared to do. And that's what his operation was capable of doing. They get 15,000 resumes in the first 24 hours after an election. By the time they get to Inauguration Day, they will have something on the order of 350,000 resumes that they will not only have to be able to process, but they just have to be able to store and receive. And those people, those 300,000 people, are then turning around and calling them every day, wondering what's happened to their application. And every day you don't answer them, they're going to call back and an additional 20 or 30,000 people are going to be calling. So that daunting is not really an adequate adjective for that kind of problem. It's unbelievable. And as a consequence, it is hard for campaigns to believe that running a um, organization with a couple of thousand employees or running a state, or being a senior senator from Illinois, it's hard for them to believe that, that there isn't a proper analogy boom between what they have done so far and what they are hoping they'll be able to do as president. Why is it so important that we have these processes in place that help smooth the transition from one president to the next? For one thing, the whole world is watching. For another, among the people watching and looking are people who are interested in weaknesses. And if the government is not able to stand up and protect itself, then the government is not able to stand up and protect the American public. And our genuine 
enemies in the world are looking for just such weaknesses. They know that ultimately 9-11 was the product of a failed national security transition. Too much time was spent rearranging the deck chairs and not enough time focusing on the real threat. And so getting the national security transition up and effectively running is critical for defending the country. And then secondly, early on is an important time in administration in terms of uh, realizing the ambitions of voters who pick someone. You know, presidents make promises, and on the basis of those promises, people vote for them and not someone else. And if they can't manage to do their job in an effective way, then they can't realize the choices that are made in the democratic process. And so while in this period now where we are acutely aware that our enemies want to disadvantage and destroy our democratic processes because it gives them strength and courage to go on and carry out their interests, having a president who bumbles his way through the first year is exactly what our foes are interested in, and it, it undermines our uh, Republican democracy. Thanks for listening to the podcast today, and don't forget to check back to unc.edu next week for another episode of Well Said.